0: This is Joy and this is Claire and this is Joy and Claire,
1: a weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together,
0: make us happy, make us whole, make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. And we have new microphones. Do we sound so great? I was, I was like, almost gonna sing a Mariah Carey song, and then I was like, no, oh I gosh, can't.
1: No, Sandy would get mad. We'll never I know re- it's so fancy.
0: You know, this is what happens when you've been podcasting for eight years. You get new equipment. You get a you new upgrade. microphone
1: one time. Although Miles came in and he was like, "Oh, what is that?" Because these ones, like our old ones, made us look like air traffic control controllers, <laughs> and these ones are like actually like. Make you feel like you're in an old-timey radio station. Yeah,
0: it is kind of cool. It's like you're, you know, you're up close and personal to the microphone. And it makes you, it's almost like when they lower the microphone for, well, at least mine's kind of hanging upside down. It makes me feel like I'm at a, I'm at like a boxing match where they're like, let's get ready to rumble and the mic comes down in front of you. Mm -hmm. Totally. Let's just spend the whole hour talking about microphones.
1: (laughs) I hope you guys are as excited about this as we are. Okay. So last week we, Made the horrible mistake of not telling you guys about all of the embarrassing anesthesia stories and hot doctor stories. Hot doctors. That you had written in. And so... We are going to kick this week off, and we're not going to waste a single moment, and we're going to start talking to you guys about some hot doctors, because yes. we got some pretty some pretty good stories.
0: Yeah, and it's just so so funny, because we had some of the comments, some people messaged us, but really the ones that we're going to read are the ones that are in our email, because we lose. Just a hot tip, if you want us to read anything, send it to us in the email. Otherwise, if you DM us a story, it's going to get lost.
1: Oh, I actually did screenshot one though, because I knew that was going to happen, but I loved it so much that I screenshotted it. Not that if I didn't screenshot yours, it means I didn't love it. It just means I didn't think about it in the moment.
0: Okay, great. Okay, great.
1: Okay, go ahead. Get us started. Okay,
0: So I have a hot doctor story. It says, let me make sure. Okay. First name only. Hey friends, this isn't a coming out of anesthesia story, but it is a hot doctor story. So take it or leave it. When I was 21 and home from college for the summer, I had a really gross medical issue. Sorry in advance, but I had to go to the ER for in the middle of the night. Long story short, I had a throat infection that turned into an abscess inside my tonsil. Hey, just a little, um, pause for a moment. Anyone who gets, it's not graphic, but just if you're like super um, sensitive, just, you know, maybe fast forward. Um, it's, I was fine reading it. Okay. Back to the email. My tonsil got so swollen, it was starting to block my airway and cause me to wheeze. The medical resident on call in the ER had to stick a needle into my tonsil and drain out the infection. Super gross! While I gagged and heaved, heaved, screamed bloody murder. The resident, incidentally, was maybe a few years older than me, and he was super hot. I would have been mortified had I not been in so much pain. After a week-long stay in the hospital on IV drugs, I was finally recovered enough to return home and to my summer job as a golf course waitress. My first day back at work, a bachelor party came in. They had just finished a round of golf and about, oh, six beers each, and I waited on their table. It took me a minute to realize why one of the guys looked so familiar. He was the hot doctor who drained my tonsil. The last time I had seen him, I had been in the most disgusting medical situation of my entire life. He looked at me knowingly, too. Of course, because of HIPAA laws, he couldn't say anything. But I, in all my socially awkward glory, decided to say, hey, I was your patient a couple weeks ago. He was very kind about the whole thing and told me he was glad to see me feeling better. Unfortunately, I knew he'd never, ever, ever want to kiss me. Note, I'm now in my 40s and happily married. Not to a doctor.
1: (laughs) I've always wondered like good. you get like top secu- top secret security clearance. you have to like they like make sure you don't talk in your sleep. they like make sure you don't say things when you're drunk. I've always wondered that like with HIPAA, you know if you see someone out and about who you've treated, you're not allowed to like say anything Mm-mm. to them about it. They have to initiate it. but like what if you did get wasted and you're like, hey, man, how's your gross tonsil abscess? <gasps> oh my gosh. Like,
0: oh no. <laughs> that would be some serious uh, no no in yes. the medical community, but that but would I be. But I could totally see it happening. I wonder if it's happened before. I'm, it
1: has to have happened. Okay. Okay. This is the one I screenshotted. I loved the episode today. I have a funny anesthesia story for you both. Freshman year of college, I had to get a pretty invasive knee surgery. Oh, this is an anesthesia one, not a hot doctor one. Okay, okay. I had to get a pretty invasive knee surgery. My surgery was scheduled for 8 a.m., so I had fasted since 8 p.m. the night before. The surgery ran five hours late, so it was 1 p.m. before I even got into surgery. First of all, I woke up during the surgery. It was only for a few seconds. I have always run through anesthesia really fast. The dentist had always told me she was impressed with how fast I go through it. (laughs) Anywho, woke up during surgery. All I remember is seeing a crazy bright light and a face and someone saying, oh, crap, she's awake. Then I went back to sleep. That would be horrifying. (laughs) after waking up from surgery at 4 p.m i was starving and very cranky i don't remember any of this but my grandma who drove me there and waited there with me said they offered me saltines and juice after i was waking up and i said absolutely not i'm paleo i will only eat salad (laughs) then she said they were trying to help me to the wheelchair to go to the bathroom and i said i can do it myself they said you just had surgery we need to help you i apparently said if my surgeon was as good as he says he is i won't need help turns out i needed help Mind you, I remember none of this. Very embarrassing when I had to go back a week later for my post-op checkup. <laughs> and then she said they had no problem reminding me of it every time I went in for a post-op checkup. And I had to pass their office every time I went in for physical therapy.
0: <laughs> it totally reminds me of your in-law, your father-in-law's yeah,
1: so tubes. It was like, this He was very insistent. This was his tubing. He had paid for it.
0: Are your teeth like you said you wanted this? Oh my gosh, it's gotta happen all the time! Oh my gosh, okay. I do not want to miss this one because it's so good. This listener commented on our Instagram post of the, um, you know, that when we post the, the episode and she says, I've been waiting my whole life for someone to ask my hot dog story. When I was in college, about to urgently get my appendix taken out, the hot resident was questioning my hunger levels and asked me what my favorite food was. And I said sushi In my drugged up super. I thought he was actually asking if I wanted some after surgery, I sent him a thank you card with my number in it. And he called and took me out to sushi. And I was like, what?
1: That, <laughs> then, Oh, my
0: gosh. And then I someone, would be
1: mortified.
0: someone replied and said, Are y'all married now? <laughs> and then I, and she said, We had some funny nights out with friends after that. But he was a bit too serious for me. And she said that may definitely had to do with the fact that I was in college. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so funny. That's so funny. Okay. This one says, I have a couple of anesthesia stories. I was coming out of it after a procedure and I just wouldn't wake up. My husband kept talking to me and trying to get me to fully wake up. The nurse gave me sugar, and then I started crying because my shoe came off. But I need my shoes. How will I leave? Get me out of here. My husband had surgery in college, and he was in the twilight zone. The nurses were talking about their husbands, and one was really concerned about something hers was doing. Husband yells, oh, geez, he's totally cheating on you. Just dump him. (laughs) Also, thanks for the great show. Oh, you're welcome. That's from Lion's Mane Nutrition.
1: Okay, so this one is waking up from Wisdom Teeth, which I feel like a lot of... There are a lot of good Wisdom Teeth stories because A, a lot of people, that was the first time they ever were put under. And B... When you're getting your wisdom teeth taken out, like, you you pretty much just, like, get up and leave immediately. I feel mm-hmm. like it's one of the few scenarios where you're, like, out in the wild while coming out of anesthesia. Yeah. <laughs> Most places, like, if you're getting surgery, you're in the recovery room or you're in the hospital right. for a little while. Right. Okay. So this one says the only time I've been under was for my wisdom teeth when I woke up my arms were tied to the chair I never did figure out why (laughs) my parents couldn't figure out that I wanted KFC mashed potatoes then when I wanted to go to the bathroom I was told that someone needed to go in with me for safety which led to a long argument about not needing help to use the toilet and my parents refusing to stop at a gas station because it is dirty I saw the gauze in the mirror and tried to take it out still in the doctor's office and spilled water all down my front when I tried to drink because I couldn't wait so basically I turned into a stubborn a-hole who can do everything myself when I'm put under (laughs) God. I feel like I would love to know, like, does this, do these tendencies of your post anesthesia self, are they the same way that you get when you're drunk?
0: I wonder. I absolutely that wonder. That's a really good, that's a really good question. Um, This one says, I was about to go through an egg retrieval for IVF, which requires brief anesthesia. And as a 30 year old at the time, it felt super invasive invasive and over the top somehow my husband and I were waiting for the anesthesiologist I turned out to be the guy who took me to his senior prom and he had the same first name no. as my as my husband
1: oh my gosh I read that one to Brandon and he
0: was like just mortified no
1: I tried to ask Brandon if he had any good ones because he's a you know an OR nurse and he was like no he's not the guy who like takes them. Like Brandon, like is the the nurse who comes in and you know says, Hey, I'm Brandon. You know, right. here's what we're doing today. Can you confirm your birthday with me? Whatever. But he's usually leaves before they get put under and then doesn't see them again when they're done. He's right. not like the post op nurse.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Sadly. sadly, you don't have anything for me.
0: Okay. This says I was having a surgery on my wrist and the anesthesiologist was telling the surgeon lady that he and his wife were raising trip triplet girls who were about to become teenagers at that time my daughter was two and I was having a hard time keeping up with just her so while I was in the twilight zone I insisted that he told me all the secrets of not going insane or his wife not going insane to be exact while raising triplets his answer was a living nanny which was out of my budget but hey at least I felt better for his wife how do you keep sane?
1: yeah I mean guys I have one of those I would highly recommend it (laughs)
0: Highly recommend it.
1: It's not that expensive. Check it out. It's cheaper than daycare, especially for more than one kid. Okay, let's do one more.
0: One more. One more. It says, when I was in college, I got put under for the first time for wisdom teeth surgery. I remember waking up out of surgery and feeling a little woozy, a little drunk, but totally fine. But I had heard so many stories about people having crazy experiences, so I was on high alert to stay, quote-unquote, normal and not make a fool of myself. I love that you're, like, trying not to do it. That that happened to me with one of my surgeries. I was like, don't fall asleep, don't fall
1: asleep. Be cool, be cool, be cool.
0: Well, they start walking me down. They start walking me out down a hallway, and I see an adorable adorable golden retriever puppy coming towards me. Mind you, I'm at a dentist office. So I'm like, wow, I think I'm hallucinating. I see a dog in the hallway and the nurses were like, no, there's really a dog there. And in my state of confusion, I was like, you sure? And they made it seem totally normal that a dog was in the office. I questioned my sanity and couldn't stop giggling and the ridiculousness of it. I know this isn't the funniest, but any story with a dog is a good one. (laughs) Yes, it is. But I love that they're like, it's like the perfect timing to have something totally un...
1: Right, And you'd be like, realistic it'd be in like Billy de- Madison and like the penguin. Oh, totally. like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. This, this no, Is no, 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 that no, no. really a dog? I don't understand. My, yeah. Thank you guys. Are you, that's are really, you guys,
1: are you really seeing this? So thank you for those. Those yeah. are hilarious. I I love that. We sorry we missed this. it last week. I know. As soon as we were done, I sent Joy a text and I was like, Joy.
0: How did we miss that? How
1: did we miss this? Okay. The other important thing that we really want to need to talk about um, are the hair, is the hair part saga.
0: Mm, is it a saga? First Isn't of a all,
1: saga? the drama.
0: Well, first of all, where did it come from? Because I saw a post about it. I don't know where, probably on Instagram, and I immediately felt my age, which I don't like to start saying that because I'm like I'm not old, but then I am not of a younger generation, right? So yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, what's the big deal with this? Why? What is it about? Like, right. why are we? Why is it a big deal?
1: So I think it came like from TikTok, which would make sense, and it's where all the young people are. Mm -hmm. and basically it was like i don't know the original one but it quickly turned into a bandwagon of basically saying like hey millennials like your skinny jeans and your side parts are out of date and when you have when you're wearing skinny jeans and have a side part you're you're dating yourself like only millennials have a side part and skinny jeans anymore part your hair in the middle already like get with the times and like wear some wider leg pants and the the Responses to this have been hilarious, and I mean, honestly, guys, like we all have bigger things to worry about here, but I just feel the need to address this. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: please, because I was like, why is it a big deal? And yeah, and like, what about Gen X's? Like, what's the like, what's what the story are you guys like? You
1: no, they've already. Everyone's forgotten about you. They <laughs> But I think they're. I think basically it's like them saying like, hey, like it. You know, everybody still thinks that like skinny jeans and side parts are in. They're not in. Stop sure. trying to make side parts happen.
0: So it's kind of like when Gen X started getting annoyed with Gen with the millennials,
1: right? And right now the when millennials are. We were- <laughs> Now the millennials, the now Z we're is, old. Uh, yeah, now yeah. Gen Z is like, you guys look old. Annoyed
0: with the millennials, okay.
1: So Got it. You know, and so then, you know, all these like millennial bloggers and stuff were like, what the heck are you talking about? I look like in you know, cousin it when my hair is parted down the center. Like, here's the thing. I started parting my hair down the center, what a couple like I felt like I got on the bandwagon just in the nick of time. Like I got that haircut yeah. a, a right before they started making it a deal. And it took me, I still am getting used to it. Because I've been parting my hair on the side for so long. And I think that here's the thing is anyone who started parting their hair on the side in, like, high school or college, their pre-part self, it's, like, my side Locked part in. was really the first conscious decision I made about my own hair.
0: Mm, okay. That
1: was not, like, you know, it was, like, maybe in middle school, I, like, got some highlights ones or something. But, like, for the most part, I didn't give it a lot of thought. Okay. Or, you know, I did, like, the micro buns. But, like, sure.
0: I had always had. Wait, I know you guys. wore that as a style, that like a full on style to school.
1: Oh yeah, I would okay. get up early and put and you. I would use huh, the rubber bands that came with my expander. <gasps> Those teeny tiny things. <gasps> no, they weren't that teeny tiny. Oh. It was the ones that like went back and forth between. Okay, the Okay, got it, and got it, got it. I was like, thinking of
0: like the braces ones. Okay, I was oh, like, no, how no, did no, you? No. Get-
1: you have to use, like, tweezers to put those yeah. on. No, no, no. I would use those, like, orthodontic <laughs> braces. Yeah. So, like, if that doesn't date you to exactly the point of my life that I was doing this. Oh, but so, like, my, God. my side part was the first time where I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to do this.
0: Uh-huh. And was there someone that made you... Like-
1: uh, yeah, and Cavallari. Oh, yes. Duh. I was like, if Chris and Cavallari has a side part, I need a side part.
0: And you were really into... Laguna not Beach. The hills. Laguna Beach, thank you. So yeah. You Laguna were Beach. really into Laguna Beach, but not yes. the hills.
1: I didn't like go on to all the Because you were like uh,
0: right. Because you were like, Mostly I'm in because college.
1: like I yeah, by that point I was like, I didn't really wasn't watching TV as much. And sure. So I and I think that that is the case. And so I here's my hypothesis is that all of this millennials who are being told it's time to part your hair in the center, we are all like, No, 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 you don't understand. I'm gonna look like a fifth grader. Mm. Because the last mm-hmm. time I did this was when I was, like, fresh in the middle of and or fresh out of puberty. Okay. So, like, the center part does not represent a stylish time in our lives.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's so interesting because, like, I was always middle parting. Yeah. And then it, I don't know, I've always been a side part, middle part. I've never had one part.
1: I've, yeah, I, I've switched back and forth on my sides, but it's always been the side part since high school.
0: Now Truly. it's now it's not Okay. <laughs>
1: So Apparently. now, yeah. yeah. So and then my hairstylist has been trying to get me to go to the center forever whatever. I finally did it and then all the stuff like happened. But that's my hypothesis is why it feels like a big a big deal. It's yeah. because we're all like, "No, no, no, you don't understand. I've done the middle part and I wasn't cool."
0: Right. We did it when it was not cool.
1: Like, right. I taking did us back it back to a like, not cool thing. You're taking us back to you're regressing us in back into like a not cool time. Right. So, and then the skinny jeans, I mean, whatever i i don't care you know I, who's wearing jeans right now right. is my who's question wearing,
0: so they they said not to wear skinny no jeans. skinny jeans so what you know, jeans a are straight they
1: leg pant or oh, a why okay. a slightly wider cut
0: slightly wider cut mm-hmm. so
1: straight leg or like a tapered but not a skinny
0: oh man okay so mm-hmm. many rules yeah but like here's the thing i if i dressed like i i go back and forth sometimes because i'm like scott will see something really cool And he'll be like, oh, you should get this. I'm like, where on earth would I wear that?
1: Where? I love when he does that. He's like, Joy, have you seen this like vegan cowhide duster blazer jacket with an extendable hood? And you're like, where where will I wear
0: this? Where would I wear that? And I'm like, I wish I lived in a place where I could wear that. And yeah, sure. I could put on whatever I want, but you're in Denver. Like I, I wouldn't have the energy to go outside wearing something like that. And no, I just, it's not practical. So I think there was like a couple times too, he, like right after Christmas, like these amazing rag and bone shoes were on sale. He's like, oh my gosh, those are beautiful stiletto boots. I'm like, where on earth am I gonna wear those? Where on earth am I gonna wear those? Right. I don't live on a reality TV show.
1: I don't. If if you have had an... If you have, personally have felt personally victimized by the uh, hair parting scandal, please let us know. Yeah. I kind of feel like... Okay, so, uh, however, I was talking to my only other person I talked to, my friend Heather. Hi, Heather. Yeah. Hey,
0: Heather. Hey, Heather. <laughs> Everybody knows Heather. And she,
1: she brought up a good point, which was like, listen, I don't feel the need to, like, be up with the latest trends all the time. <clears throat> but if given the choice... I will make an effort to not date myself by through my fashion choices. You know, and she made made the example of like recently being in an appointment for something and walking up to the reception table, receptionist table. And based on the women who were sitting at the table, like you looked at their hairstyles and it was like you can immediately tell these women are probably in like their late fifties, just based on their hairstyle. Sure. You know, and and like we've all I mean think about like there are definitely certain styles of clothes and certain types of hair that oh, yeah. date people in certain you know generations and not that that's a bad thing but you know that is sort of like listen if if you were to look at, and I don't know I have mixed feelings about it too because it's like I don't necessarily care that someone looks at me and it's like oh you must be in your like your early to mid 30s <laughs> right, like yes right. correct yes I, yeah I am in fact 33 congratulations but at the same time of not like wanting th- that to be like what sticks with people like oh yeah the girl with like the dance mom hair you know like <laughs> right
0: or what they so, call a quote-unquote soccer mom hair, right.
1: Right, exactly, or like the Karen haircut or whatever, sure. you know, like yeah. So like I don't know. I think it's a very silly thing to be up in arms about. I feel like you can you can part your hair wherever you want. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like you should make fashion choices based on what other younger people think about you. And I also find it interesting to find out that like, hey, you're you're starting to date yourself with that. Like maybe you could could change it up like, okay, I accept that feedback.
0: Yeah. I accept updating your look, but I'm also very aware. I was, what I was saying earlier, I didn't finish. My thought was like, I will sometimes look at things and be like, that's cute. And also I'm 43. Like, I don't know if I should be wearing that. You know, there's a lot of things that I'll look at and be like, like, I don't know if I should be wearing that. And truly this is not coming from a place of like of shame or self-loathing. It's just more of like, I don't, I don't know if I should be wearing. Good
1: for you. Not for me.
0: Yeah. I don't think I Uh should be wearing this at my age type of thing.
1: You know who I love? And, I, like, obviously, I am not fashion forward. Like, I pretty much have been making the same outfit choices my whole life. Mm-hmm. But who I love hearing talking about, like, fashion as you age is Stacey London. Oh, yeah. The what, not to wear a lady. I love her. And she's, like, you know, none of the rules that I made for all these people back in the early 2000s, like, still matter to me. Because, you know, I've, like, moved on and, like, the, these fashion traces that I used to make all the time, like, they're not appropriate for me anymore. And it's less about, like, not being, quote-unquote, age-appropriate and more just, like, not being, like, this is not the type of person that I feel that I am anymore. Yes. This is more in line with a younger person and I yes. don't feel like that. That's
0: a really good point. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: But, like, it's not like, oh, you can't wear that if you're over 40. It's more like, listen, I don't – I want to look my age. I feel mm-hmm. – this is not a problem. I'm not trying. You know, like that style doesn't. I don't identify with that style. It's not about. I mean, and about, then I can
0: turn the corner and wear glitter and.
1: Right. You know, I mean, you wear every kind right, glitter of eyeliner. So it's day. like,
0: yeah, that's. So I it's not maybe. like You're about aging about. or
1: not, right? Being like, age, you know, age appropriate or not. It's more just like what feels like you, and as you, mm-hmm. as your age changes, that changes. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I still feel like every time I wear my hair in a ponytail with a center part, I look like Mel Brooks. Mel Gibson. Mel Brooks. (laughs) I hope I don't look like Mel Brooks. (laughs) Mel Gibson in The Patriot. (laughs) Every time I have to be like, okay, it's fine. Like, this little spot on my forehead that, like, is a little bit eggy. Like, it's going to be fine. No (laughs) one else notices.
0: No one else notices. No one else notices. I guarantee everyone out there who you have, like, some weird thing about your looks that you think people are going to see, A, who cares, but B, they do not notice. No one notices.
1: Guarantee no guarantee
0: one notices. It. No one notices.
1: Uh-huh. Like, one of my eyes opens farther than the other one. Don't notice. No one has ever noticed. No, that
0: I way. don't notice it, and I've known you for years.
1: Right. Exactly. I think the other thing, and I don't know if... I feel like we might have talked about this recently, is that, like, no one also notices if you gain or lose 10 to 20 to 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. You notice. I notice. You notice five yeah. pounds. Yeah. But, no, you know, unless it's, like, sudden and rapid i don't ever notice if i see my friends and they put on a couple pounds i'm never
0: yeah i think there's people out there that that would say there's people that will notice and comment on it (laughs) as we've talked about before those guys
1: but I mean that, like, yeah, I just think there maybe those people are looking for it, you know, and it's like, if you spot it, you got it. But I think yeah. that, you know, there's just all those little things that we all just worry about so much and no one else notices because they're not worrying about you. They're worrying about themselves and they're worrying about mm-hmm. you worrying about them.
0: Mm-hmm. Can we um, this is on in line with something that someone asked about in one of our posts for questions and it kind of transfers nicely. It's about talking about our thoughts on Kind of thoughts on diet culture and how we've grown since the girls gone wad days okay it would be interesting to hear you guys revisit your old ggw topics with a new perspective from your growth through diet culture I'm thinking different diets like macros your fitness fitness routines currently gym family your current ways of eating etc it would be cool cool to see the growth and we had a lot of people saying yes to this so they want to hear about that so maybe like a brief thought about it I don't know if we can go down want to go down yeah the I mean it?
1: I feel like we've talked about it mm-hmm. and i i definitely talk a lot about it um maybe i just think a lot about it and i don't really we don't really talk about it i think that something that we used to say is still really true which is that you never like arrive at an acceptance of not dieting or an acceptance of every single piece of your body or you never like the pressure to live in that headspace never completely goes away and i think it's because we're seeing it everywhere all the time still. Even if you know that it's toxic and that it's not what you want, just seeing it, it's so easy to like, just have that immediate need your reaction of like, oh, I should go back to counting macros or oh, I should, you know, be doing X, Y, Z. And I think on the other hand from that, like I have counted macros in the past year. I have, you know, I do work out very regularly, you know, r- right now. I do make a lot of choices that are, they're the same choices, but for different reasons.
0: Right, because I was going to ask, like, have you, like, looking back, have you been like, wow, back when I was, you know, 10 years ago, whatever diet I was doing, I can't believe I did that. Are you kind of like, no? Not really.
1: I mean, for me, like, it's always, and I know we talk about how I'm, like, kind of, an outlier in the sense that I really can do things just to gain the information you know I think back to like when I first the first my second year or whatever doing CrossFit when I did a bunch of zone and I did a bunch of like like basically did a cut without calling it that or knowing yeah. that's what it
0: was oh, I hate that word
1: and I know but like I said I achieved exactly what I set out to achieve and then I kind of moved on and you know it was really interesting and I definitely there have been times since then where I felt like well what was different about that like six-week period where it felt so easy to stick with that and it felt so doable and it felt so attainable. And it's like, oh, because I had nothing freaking else to do. Right, that's what you were focused on. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was focused on. I wasn't even married yet. You know, I don't even think we were engaged. Like, I was dating Brandon. We were living together. I was working at a job that was like, you know, really didn't require all of my attention. And so I could spend a ton of time in the gym and a ton of time meal prepping and weighing and measuring and doing all this stuff and worrying about that. And so I don't really – you know, I think because I do have, like, a really logical brain about that, I can look back at those previous times in my life and think, like, okay, that was, like – that was then Claire. And, like, wasn't that a fun experiment for her? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because I don't have any, like, lasting ill effects from it. Like, I don't feel like I developed any, you know, thought patterns that I can't get rid of or I was it wasn't, like, physically damaging. That it's – I can do that. I can just sort of be like, yeah, sure, that happened. But I think the biggest thing that's changed for me is – that I, it's so much easier now for me to really be respectful of where I'm at in my life on any given day and just sort of, like, show up in that, you know. And I think, like, I know what to do. You know, I have the knowledge. So any, Like, I, I tell myself that a lot where I'm like, listen, if I wanted to, quote-unquote, fix this problem, if I wanted to lose 10 pounds, if I wanted to, you know, maybe help my anxiety through my diet, if I wanted to get a strict pull-up if I wanted, all these things. Like, I, I know what I would need to do. It's not a mystery. It's just a matter of, is that really where I want to put my time and energy right now? Mm-hmm. And the answer is pretty much no.
0: Yeah. There's too much bread to be had and pies to be baked. And, I mean, uh, and, t- you know. like,
1: there's too much, like, you know, and, like, but I still go to the gym right now, like, four to six times a week, which is the most I've been going in the past year. And that's because it is the only time I can get out of my house. Mm, yeah. You know, and that's truly it for me. Yeah, like, and that's really
0: good for you. Right, it's good for you mentally in so many ways to, like, it's interact so good with people. for me. I yeah.
1: feel better mentally right now than I have in probably even since before COVID because mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, it just ha- – it's night and day when I'm able to get out of the house regularly and be around other people regularly, let alone, you know, work out outside every once in a while, like – that for me is truly one of the biggest keys to my mental health. And I really prioritize that for so many reasons because it then it, you know, helps me be a, a more present parent. It helps my marriage. It helps, you know, like if, there, if there's this one activity that I can do for an hour a day that has all of these benefits, then yeah, I'm going to do it. For me, mm-hmm. that happens to be driving 25 minutes across town to go to the, my CrossFit gym, but if, if, if that activity for me was baking or gardening or washing my car or painting or whatever, like, then that's what I would pick. I was thinking about this the other day, too. Like, I was thinking about the kind of rhetoric of, like, well, I need to work out in order to be my best self. And, like, yeah, that's true. But the assumption there is that, first of all, all my other needs are met. And second of all, that my quote-unquote best self is always accessible or that attainable and then i should expect that to be my baseline Mm -hmm. and that's not the case you know it's like we've talked about like how happiness is not shouldn't be like your baseline like you know like people are like well just whatever it takes to be happy it's like no i don't want to be happy all the time my baseline should not be like i'm in such a good mood because no way
0: and that's not sustainable that's not how we're wired
1: it's not sustainable and i think like that's what i've been thinking about when it comes to this idea of like well i need to work out to be my best self then you know, people go straight to like, okay, well, then what can I do to prioritize working out? It's like, no, that what that statement actually means is that working out is the very tip of my pyramid. And that is the last step to like, being in feeling as good as I can feel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there's everything else is below that, you know, sleep, anxiety, eating regularly, drinking enough water, having a job that I feel what do you mean about
0: anxiety, like managing it?
1: Yeah, like, right Um, getting enough sleep and managing my you know helping manage my anxiety and I I always say like managing my anxiety is also a a, um, what's the opposite of a cause an effect
0: Mm -hmm. what's Mm -hmm. the opposite of a (laughs) cause what is the opposite uh, what What is is the opposite of cause yes
1: effect thank you 10 points for Claire and just that like I when I have all of those things then I can add working out on top of it and yes then that really like puts Mm, me over the edge mm -hmm. into feeling like okay now I'm in the groove Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to choose working out if I don't have good sleep like to this day such a good point I had a so I I read something recently a while ago that I loved that said if you are routinely waking up like if you're routinely missing out on sleep in order to go work out, you're stepping over dollars to pick to pick up pennies. And I like that a lot. Yeah, it just like it says it so succinctly. Like this is not like working out is not gonna like yeah. There's not no value to it, but you're really missing out on a lot if you're not getting enough sleep. And I started, when the kids were really little, I started a rule for myself that I still do, which is that if I have gotten fewer than six hours of sleep, yeah,
0: and... I remember you saying this.
1: Yeah, or fewer than four hours of uninterrupted sleep, then I don't go work out. And when the kids were really little, it was just the six hours of sleep rule because four hours of uninterrupted sleep was not available to me. Right. So, but now I've added that in because it's like, okay, I need like a chunk. And then I don't go work out. You know, like whatever, I'll get like the $10 no-show fee. Like I'll be that person who signs out 10 minutes before class starts. Oh, well. You know, like, I feel a little guilty because that means somebody else maybe couldn't have gotten into the class. But, like, that is what it is. That's, like, what I – that's the line I have to hold. And then, you know, there's other stuff like that, too. Like, I've gotten into a better routine with eating, which, for some reason, is hard for me to remember to eat when I'm, like, out of my groove. And I would say the big thing, the big, like, outlier still that I haven't quite – like, this is going to sound so silly – is, like, bathing and my, like, physical, like, doing my hair and, like, washing my face. Like, all these things. I just am not – I don't care. I wish I could
0: cleaning yourself
1: cleaning myself body care I wish I could like delegate that I wish I could like Mm. have someone else shower and have it transferred to me yeah I don't know (laughs) anyway what about you
0: um well I was just gonna say I'm like well you're in a pandemic you're at home you just have to deal with your family. Yeah, you don't like know going... this right
1: now, but I smell terrible.
0: <laughs> I will never forget the time when we would record on on our bedroom floor. And I think one time yeah. you cooked onions or something. It was garlic.
1: Something like it really was... garlicky. And I, and I had like done a workout, gone home and cooked something with garlic, and then come to your house. And you were like, Claire, you smell really
0: bad. <laughs> like it wasn't just garlic. Was it was like... like
1: body odor garlic it was like a vampire body it, was, it bad. was
0: so bad and I was like when we had to shut the door and like the room smelled for like two hours it was so funny you're like I just cooked
1: garlic and I just worked out like I apologize for not changing my shirt before I came over
0: so I would say a lot has changed obviously I mean we grow as humans when we know better we do better I think when we first started the podcast we were starting out with CrossFit CrossFit, CrossFit was fairly new to us Um, The diet world was fairly new to me in terms of actually like doing a diet. So when we counted macros, like that was all very new to me. And I had talked a lot about where I stood with eating and exercise in my past on the Girls Gone Wad show. Um, So I'd say like after going through all of that with CrossFit and being competitive and eating and the diet and getting kind of like in a really unhealthy place with eating. And kind of coming back now, I, I kind of fast forward through all, all of that. I mean, if anyone wants to go back and listen to all the Girls Are On Wad episodes, feel free, they're there. But I feel like now I look at that and I go, oh, it's because I just didn't know better. It's because I truly thought with every decision I ever make, I truly think it comes from a place of just like curiosity and wanting to try things. I like to challenge myself. But unfortunately, there's a characteristic and a personality trait in me that will take that to, to an unhealthy level in some, in some instances. So Now, obviously dealing with what I'm dealing with with Graves' disease is putting me in such a mind screw of my doctor telling me, in order for you to be your best self, you can't work out. You can't get your heart rate up. You can't, you have to sleep like prioritizing eating right, meaning for me, you know, eliminating things that I'm uh, have an intolerance to eating foods that nourish me eating enough food, which thankfully now my appetite's back. So that's not hasn't been a problem. But the not working out and the, you know, increasing your sleep and making sure you're drinking enough water and blah, blah, blah. That is the priority of health for me. And so that's just such a weird thing for me to be at now. Looking back 10 years ago, I'd be like, I want to run marathons when I'm 50. And now I'm like, well, I just have to, you know, walk my dogs and take things pretty slow. And when I'm in the gym, I lift weights. And then if my heart rate gets up, I sit down, I sit on the bench, and I take some breaths, you know, so it's no longer difficult for me. It's no longer I'm not going into the gym being like, "Oh, I can't believe I haven't done this in forever and I haven't done a pull-up." Thankfully, I'm in a place where I'm like, "I'm just glad that I'm I'm here. I'm glad that my b- blood work is looking better. I'm glad that things are improving." So, as far as like what I eat now, it's like I eat what I feel like eating. And I don't like to do what you ate in a day because I don't think it matters, but I think I listen to my hunger cues. I eat first within the first hour of waking up because my doctor tells me to. And so like that is simplifying it in a way of being like the more intuitive eating approach. And I will praise that to the mountaintops and hope that Evelyn Tribole Tribole, will come on our podcast at some point. I would say it's a matter of just saying I'm prioritizing my health and not what my physical appearance looks like. And I say that with like kind of going back to the diet culture stuff of, you know, when we first started the podcast, I think Instagram was like fairly new, right? Like it wasn't super in the realm of possibilities with with diet it culture. It wasn't what it
1: is now by any means. <laughs>
0: it definitely was not what it is now. And so I feel like diet culture just really took a turn for the worse on Instagram to the point of saying like emphasizing thinness as a goal, which really is ridiculous. But I think back then, I was more in that camp of like, I got to work out to eat food and workouts were transactional yeah, and it was like kind of a
1: joke. It was like, Oh, I work out for tacos. And like, yeah. I gotta go get my burpees before you know, this workout work is out, yeah. 150 burpees. And yeah, yeah it was like kind of cute and funny. Yeah. and Yeah.
0: And it's still there. Like when I'm on Peloton, because I do walks on there, I'll see people's screen names because you just like make up a cute screen name. And people's, there'll be tons of screen names that are like, work out for tacos, work out for wine, I run for carbs or whatever. And it's, it's still going to be there. And that is very tongue in cheek. But I just think at the end of the day, I'm in a place where prioritizing health for me is just like, what do I need to do to have all my labs look good? (laughs) Not can I fit into this pair of jeans or can I whatever can I do this number of pull-ups? It's just it's totally totally changed. And I realize that's like my case is a little more extreme. It's not like I just you know all of a sudden had this epiphany of the diet culture, but it's been a journey and I wouldn't be I would be lying if I said that it didn't I have to I have to weigh myself for data. So I'm not weighing myself and this was like back in you know September, October when this all started. I was weighing myself pretty regularly because I was like, something is not right here. And and now as I'm monitoring, it's, I have to monitor my weight for my health because like, let me, let me be clear and like just restate this. I know we say this all the time, but like for me, my body weight is a certain number normally for my health. So I'm not saying that you have to, everyone out there has to weigh themselves for their health. But for me, because of not my diagnosis, I can't lose more weight because that will tell me that things are not getting better. I have to watch to see if I'm gaining weight. So it's a it's a real mind fuck too, because I have to kind of step, step on the scale again and watch my weight and watch my ma- weight, meaning like monitor my weight for data. That's something where I'm like, wow, back in the past, I was, you know, really weighing myself for diet culture crap. It's better, I guess. <laughs> it's better in the sense that I'm not worried about the diet culture crap, but it, it's not better in the sense of I am still struggling with my health
1: i feel like too there's a big component of it as we're talking about this I think that not that we're like rambling but you can tell that it's not something that we think about all the time because it's not like as cohesive as it maybe once was and I think that's a good thing I think that kind of shows that like we're both at a point where this isn't always in the forefront of our minds anymore again it's not it's something that never goes away it might never go away
0: I don't think it ever will I don't think it ever will I think being a human means you compare yourself with others and you can compare yourself but you can't take it down a road of shame or guilt or I should or I should do this or should I would have Coulda. I mean, that's just really as a human, we're always going to compare. It's. I think that's just innate human nature.
1: Yeah, and I also think that there is like when you when you went through all of your formative years believing certain things, that's always going to be in the back of your head. Mm. And you know, it's like if you went through your your adolescence and teenage years, and probably maybe even before that, and definitely after that, believing that you know you should always be on a diet or believing you know that you were supposed to look a certain way that was unattainable for your body type or even if it was attainable that you know it wasn't natural wasn't your natural state of being that it's going to be hard to move away from that ever Mm -hmm. but i think there's a difference between kind of recognizing like oh isn't that weird that i still think that versus like oh my gosh i'm like i'm like still controlled by this
0: exactly and i think a lot sometimes too because it's like I think about growing up and the environment I lived in, and I'm always like, gosh, my mom is like the most neutral, supportive. Like, she never talked about her body negatively. She never had like diet food in the house. Like, she never, she just was, it was, she was a, a good role model around that, meaning like it just wasn't an issue in her house. It, it wasn't brought up. And, so I think a lot about like the environment I was in at school and I'm like oh yeah I can point to every single time I felt like I wasn't I wouldn't say good enough but I wasn't the shape that was desirable.
1: Right whether it was in your house whether it was in your school whether it was yeah. like
0: you can think of the moment the Katie where like, Heron mm. moment
1: where it's like I used to think there was only fat and skinny but now I realize there's a lot of things that could be wrong with you.
0: Yeah. Yep. Which is interesting. Okay, let me just say that about about body, not body image, but really just kind of socializing with junior high and high school right now, is I'm really curious from parents to see if there's anything going on with your child around socializing and bullying, or or feeling like you're comparing to someone else, because they're not most kids aren't together. So is there less... Comparing, is there less bullying? Is there less drama? But
1: also there's a lot more time online. Yeah, which and, and
0: online bullying is even worse sometimes. Is even but worse, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering about that. I'm like, wow, that's, because that's just going to be really interesting of how that forms that generation. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so taking a, an extreme right turn. The other day, I was at the grocery store, and I was standing in line, and I had my cart, and I was I was up next, and I only had a few things in my cart, and normally, it's like me and the whole circus at the store, and I only had a few things in my cart this time, and I was standing there, and like, it was pretty busy. I started thinking, like, man, I feel so anxious right now, and I'm so, like, nervous. I don't want to, like, miss... Uh, uh, is it my turn? Do I go? It's the socializing. And... Uh, and I was just, so then I texted Joy and Justin. I was like, am I the only person who feels
0: this (laughs) way? No. When I'm
1: standing at the front and like, okay, so not all stores are doing this, but a lot of stores, you know, like you, now they have it where you line up in just like one huge great line. Yeah. And then you have somebody kind of at the front who directs you where to go. Mm -hmm. And so this is a situation at my local grocery store. And as I'm standing there, like we need to go. It felt like I was like, like, do I I go? eh." Do I go?
0: (laughs) Do like now? No. Or if you're oh. like or if you're in line and you miss someone like waving you over and you're just like yeah. anytime you're like if someone is waiting because of you is like the worst thing. And then like they have the little entr- entrance and exit is sometimes different now. So you can't exit and enter in the same doors. Like they right. have one for entrance, and one for exit, and I'm always like, oh my gosh, I'm getting it wrong or right. the, the sticky Going floor. to the grocery
1: store. <laughs> right. There didn't the used to be a right and wrong way to go to the grocery store. Yeah, there just,
0: and now it's like, oh my gosh, do I put my... Some stores, they don't allow you to put the items on the belt until they've wiped it off from the person before you. So it's like, okay, if I put something on, it, yeah, it's just all the rules are freaking me out. But speaking of the grocery store, um, I was going to tell this story, but then I was like, should I tell this story? But I'm going to tell this story. So... I went to see my parents this weekend, and, you know, they live in a really small rural town, and, you know, I've been there, they've lived there for, what, almost 20 years? Like, they, they, they oh, moved wow, there. Oh, wow, really?
1: I didn't yeah. realize they've lived there for so long. No,
0: they've lived there for a long time. I mean, they, they moved there the year that I graduated from grad school, so they've been here for quite, for quite some time. Um, so I've been there plenty, I mean, a couple you times You graduated a year. from grad
1: school 20 years ago?
0: Well... 18 i know
1: that like we don't talk you know like so as you guys know joy is almost exactly 10 years older than me and it's like right now it doesn't really feel like it matters but like 20 years ago i was in eighth grade
0: yeah yeah, those are the the moments where i'm like wow 20
1: years like feels like a long
0: time ago yeah i was like go on. 25 i was so young okay so anyway so been there plenty of times it's the cutest little town love it love my parents love everyone there um all of her little friends she goes bowling it's adorable and they volunteer at this cute little rail- railroad club where they like restore the the depot. It's, it's just so cute. So, but I also know that it's a very conservative town, <laughs> like really conservative. Like we drive through, you know, the past year, there's Trump-Pence signs everywhere. It's like... You know, I think I said last year during the Fourth of July, right? That it the, basically
1: just like became a Trump campaign parade. <laughs> it
0: was, it was like Trump campaign parade and like, like guys guns with guns and standing trucks. in the back of their truck. Oh my yeah. gosh, it was it was like crazy. Where I'm like, okay, this is not for me. Yeah, I'm just gonna uh, grab another cup. Of coffee I'm just and gonna go, home. go and get some coffee and get out of here. Um, and so, I mean, my parents live in like the foothills. They're really kind of away from the town. But every once in a while, we have to go into town to get, you know, whatever. So when I was there this past weekend, I went into the grocery store. And, and granted, we've been to this grocery store in the past year, like since the pandemic has started, you know, this summer. I think it was this summer and this winter, or like, a, like in December, we went. And everyone had masks on. Like, I don't remember anything like really jarring about it. But this time, there were handfuls of people not wearing masks in the grocery store. And we had... <laughs> We had... um,
1: Which, as a reminder, is illegal in Colorado.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys know, this
1: is the norm. Again, I'll say it again. It's an executive mandate. It's illegal (sighs) for you not to do that.
0: So I had gone to the butcher shop. There's this cute little butcher shop around the corner to get some meat and get some things for dinner. And in the butcher shop, they had this cute little sign that was like, Hey, I know everybody, you know, it's a, it's a mandate. You have to wear a mask, no matter your beliefs, just cover your face. Like it was kind of recognizing that there's, and so part of me was like, Whoa, this is a town. And here's the funny thing. Like I've been going to this town for a long time, but I think because of the political climate, it's never been so in my face. And so I'm like, Oh wow. They, but even in the past year, I'm like, I've never seen it kind of like this, like this blatant. And I also think it's because, you know, the pandemic got really serious. And so of course, you know, I haven't been there every single day since massive and mandated, but so I go into the grocery store, like the butcher shop was fine, but I go in the grocery store and I was just livid. I was so livid. And my anger is because I, it doesn't, I don't even need to explain it. You, you would be angry too, if you like really believe in science and the, and the pandemic. I'm walking around people with no masks on, except for the Amish. I don't know if they. I would like to know. I guess um, like their beliefs, but they weren't wearing masks either. And the checkout girl had her mask under her chin, like she was giving us a big f u. And I'm in with like all my rainbow clothes and like glitter on my face, and I'm, and are driving our Tesla. I'm sure they're like, who the f are these people? And that part of me was like, oh, I was so mad because the whole what draw what draws up in me is that like you're being selfish. Like, why don't you care about other people? And so we left and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so mad. And Scott's like, Joy, this is happening everywhere. He's and like, everywhere. this happens yes. everywhere. He's like, Joy, we live in a bubble. We live in a bubble. And I'm like, do we though? And he's like, Yes, we do. <laughs> and so I just had to kind of vent that because I I it was a wake-up call to me again and I Like, I know this, but when I see it, I really have to be reminded of how much of a bubble I live in. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's no resolution other than I was angry. And I came home to my parents. I'm like, no one's wearing masks. She's like, really? Normally when I'm there, everyone has masks on. She's like Joy, just let it go. Like you know, you can't control everybody. It's like you can't police the internet. You can't right. police people wearing. But, police. but part of me is West like, I'm gonna call on. the
1: right. I'm gonna call the health department, and I mean, you could, but you know, I think that I was on a call earlier. You know, and I work in the events industry, and so people are very, very like, you know, one ear. I don't know what's what's the saying like ear in one ear, ears. out the other. No. Oh. <laughs> like listening to the ground, you know, like ear to the ground. Like oh, people like the ground. really yeah. want to know: Are we going to be? able to have in-person events in 2021 you know sure. like how what are people thinking how are how is this going and we had a call today and it, at the beginning everyone was kind of checking in like you know are we have this big event potentially coming up at the end of september like are we able to have it and most of the people who i work with live in colorado and a couple live in california and then and everyone was like yeah you know things are kind of like seeming like they're they're trending well and a lot of people I know are getting vaccinated and, you know, uh, things kind of feel a lot more optimistic. And then we had somebody who lives in a different, more conservative part of the country who was like, I don't I hate to be like the Debbie Downer here, but that's not what I'm seeing. Yeah. And yeah, it is just a reminder that, like, it's not over yet. Eh? And even though we all want it to be so, you know, you can't let your guard down. And also that we 1000% live in a bubble.
0: We 100 Thousand billion percent. One million billion. Yeah. Miles just... is in
1: that that age right now where he just says random numbers. Where he's like, "Mom, I want eleven four seventy five million thousand hundred fourteen ninety two thousand so dollars." I'm like, <laughs> "I would also like that many
0: dollars." <laughs> Please, may I also?
1: Please. I don't even know. I don't, That's not even a
0: real number, but I will take it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So <sighs> I don't know what the answer is or the solution is, really. I just kind of was like, oh, I just – to see it in my face, I'm like, oh, this is so frustrating. And the other thing, too, is I feel like there's that – there's still the echoes and the ripples of the election where people are still like, Trump <laughs> 2020. just like – When is that gonna die down? When is that gonna die down?
1: I think for me, like, it would be hard to thinking like this is where my parents are going grocery shopping. Like, yes, you know, that's what I was angry
0: about. I'm like, my parents are senior citizens, and they like wear masks and they double up masks. Why aren't you guys taking care of them? Think about them. Look at my cute mom. That's actually really why I was mad. And part of me is like, they have no. I mean, it's such a small town that I could see the owner of the store being like, well, I can't control everybody and. All these guys have guns. They could just like I mean I could ab- I get no, but I could absolutely see the like the guys that I saw there are the types of guys would be like you can't tell me what to right, do right you can't
1: right I mean I I know that's country, like stereotyping
0: can, yeah. but it's like the typical what you can you can imagine what the Proud Boys <laughs> look like and truly I'm thinking the owner of this store just doesn't have the energy or probably can it's like I can't control this maybe that store owner doesn't care either but like nothing on the floor to say six feet apart you know they're not wiping anything down the freaking cash register girl yeah that's just that's egregious just i know oh anyway okay and breathe and breathe All right, guys. well that's the end of this week it's almost march <laughs> we almost made it through without talking about
1: the pandemic. I know. It's almost March. It's almost daylight savings. We've almost made it out of the winter tunnel.
0: I went on a walk today in a t-shirt I know. and shorts.
1: I did a workout yesterday in the sun. This is the beautiful thing about Colorado. Everything is starting. The days are getting longer. I feel like it, even though, you know, we turn back towards the sun uh, in December, January, I don't really feel it. Towards the end of February into March, I'm like, okay. I feel it's, it. Right now, you know, it's five o'clock. It's still plenty of sunlight outside.
0: Yeah. I feel it. We're not even,
1: yeah. I'm like, okay, we're, it's gonna, we're gonna get there.
0: My tulips are coming up already and I'm really nervous. They're gonna die. Every year. I'm like, really it's time. too early. It's too early. It's too early. Come back. Why are you here? Really, really quick. The last thing I want to say, too, is um, are there any listeners in Texas, if you need anything or if our community can support you, you can email us or DM us. Maybe we can put something together for our community to support you guys. And we're thinking of you.
1: All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us for another week of This is Joy and Claire. You can find us on Instagram at Joy Claire underscore. We are on Facebook. This is Joy and Claire. You can email us. This is thisisjoyandclare at gmail.com. You can always find us and all of our episodes on our website, Joyandclaire.com. We can't wait to talk to you next week.
0: We have some that are transcribed that are on our website. Go look for it.
1: But it's random ones. It's
0: not all of them. and It's, it's like, like the last seven. 10 ones of our, of our This Is Joy and Claire.
1: Yeah. So yeah. if you want to read along you can. or send one to a friend who would rather read it, please do that. And again, yeah. as a reminder, the best way to support our podcast is to share us with a friend so share it we would love it if you do that all right guys we'll talk to you next week bye